Alrighty. Good book boys are back. We've got good book boy number one, Josh. We've got uh, good book boy A, Alex, and I think we're joined by the whole good book family. We've got good book wife and good book baby as well. Is that correct, Josh? That sure is correct. We've got good book wife by the name of Stephanie here. I'm going to pass her over to introduce herself to the podcast and all you listeners out there. And if you could just tell us uh, your history with books and what kind of books you do enjoy reading. <laughs> that was not Steph. <laughs> that was the good book dog who is also in the room. <laughs> yes, hello, I'm good book wife. Um, Josh's wife, by the way. And I like books. I've always liked books and I have a book review blog. Um I'm kind of famous. I've got about 20 followers on there. So, kind of a big deal. I don't know if you've heard of me. <laughs> it's called Reviews and Excerpts. And most of the books I read these days are um, children's books to Ivor. And I read them all every single day over and over again and know them all off by heart. I think Never Touch a Koala is, is a favourite. <laughs> um but no, I do enjoy a book, reading books of my own and uh, reviewing them and thinking about them. And one of my favourite books is Atonement by Ian McEwan, which I believe you've reviewed on this uh, podcast before. Thank you for that, Steph. Yes, we did read Atonement. That was, uh, that was a, a, a Josh recommendation, obviously recommended by you. Tell me, do you find there is a difference in quality in the children's books you read or is it all just it's all just the same level? Do you find like you finish one and you're like, wow, that was a really good book for my toddler? Definitely. Uh, definitely different levels of quality. I think a lot of children's books uh, have some tactile elements, so things you can touch and feel and mirrors and fun things like that. The ones that uh, aren't as successful are the ones that simply have animals on a page and it just says the animals. There's no story or anything. It's just like... How do you read that to a child? You just open the page and it says frog. And then it says squirrel. A squirrel doesn't even make a noise that you can sort of make. So um, I do not, I'm not a fan of that Peter Rabbit book that we have. <laughs> Thank you, Steph. Um, now, I, actually, on the, top, on the topic of tactile, I think there are many elements... Yes, thank you, good book baby. He's currently, uh, seems to be typing an essay on uh, Josh's mechanical keyboard, uh, which I can only imagine is going to be an absolute hit. Um, I feel like there are many elements within the book we're reading today that could benefit from perhaps a tactile element. This book is a very, very uh, naturally themed one, and I feel like if there were sort of parts you could interact with, it would be quite enjoyable. But uh, this was another this was another uh, good book wife recommendation because today we are reading Tim Winton, seminal Australian author's classic hit, uh, The Shepherd's Heart. Now this is are, are you a are you a Tim Winton fan? Is this uh, Josh and I have said Josh? Is this the only Tim Winton you've read? The first Tim Winton you've read? Yeah, this is this is the first and only. Um, we've got a couple on our shelf uh, which. I haven't touched before, um, and that was mostly the reason behind selecting it for this week's book. I just know that, he, yeah, he's, a, he's an Australian author. We haven't read many, if any, Australian authors on this podcast yet to date. I don't believe we have. I don't believe we have, Josh. So that's probably, you know, probably if, if 
we do call ourselves Australian book boys. We are Australian patriots, first and foremost, if nothing else, and we should really probably be... It is Australia Day, incidentally. We should be engaging more with Australian authors. But uh, have you read a lot of uh, Tim Winton, uh, Stephanie? Not a lot, but I was introduced to him in English literature in year 10 at high school. Cloud Street? No, just a short story, actually. My English lit teacher really liked him. Shout out to Mrs. Williamson. Um, but I think he writes really beautifully and I have read Cloud Street and I think that's a beautiful book. And also a book of short stories called The Turning, which has been turned into a movie as well. They adapted all of the short stories into one movie? I believe so, yes. Um, well, Josh, can you kick us off with the blurb um, of uh, Tim Winton's Shepherd's Hut? I sure can, Alex. Jaxie dreads going home. His mum's dead. The old man bashes him without mercy, and he wishes he was an orphan. But no one's ever told Jaxie Clacton to be careful what he wishes for. In one terrible moment, his life is stripped to little more than what he can carry and how he can keep himself alive. There's just one person left in the world who understands him and what he still dares to hope for. But to reach her, he'll have to cross the vast salt lands on a trek that only a dreamer or a fugitive would attempt. This urgent masterpiece is a rifle shot of a novel, crisp, fast, shocking, about solitude and unlikely friendship, about the raw business of survival, but most of all, about what it takes to keep love and hope alive in a parched and brutal world. Nicely done there. Yes, so, I mean, I guess sort of giving us a brief synopsis, uh, extending on from that blurb there, we've got our main character, uh, Jaxie, and uh, as it said, in one terrible moment, he's forced to leave his pretty pretty bad surroundings um i was going to say another word instead of bad but there is a child here um his pretty bad surroundings and uh sort of he goes on this this trek i guess he's trying to get away and it becomes almost like a survival story um in more ways than one you know uh, as i'm sure all survival novels are there's an element of the physical survival but also this mental and emotional survival and um the landscape for which apparently Tim Winton is known for writing about the coast, about the beach, about the water. Uh, this is, is more set in the Australian outback, sort of very, very harsh, unforgiving uh, surroundings. Um, did you enjoy that, uh, I guess, that focus on the land and, uh, and focus on, on, on the landscape and nature? Did you enjoy that, Stephanie? I did. I do. I really enjoy his writing and I actually when Josh when you said you were going to read this book that's one of the things I thought you would be uh, maybe not as much of a fan of because um, he, the way he describes the Australian landscape you know it's very bleak it's very grey it's dusty it's I just yeah picture it like beige and grey and kind of I don't know w- washed out sort of thing as opposed to beautiful you know English countrysides with green pastures and all of this yeah yes I would so um I I think it's I think it's great I really love his kind of connection to the Australian landscape and and the bush and that sort of thing well what did you think Josh did you think uh what did you think of this focus on the landscape did you enjoy it yeah I think it's one of the um I guess you could you could call it one of the characters of the novel is the Australian outback and the way that it's kind of set it's kind of a set piece for the character for the other characters in the novel I I really enjoyed I think um it was never. Uh, it was never tedious. It never um, was taking away from other things that were happening, and it allowed you to really picture 
where Jaxie was and how he was moving about the place. And I think that's really important in a novel where, you know, maybe a good 60% of it was just him on his own um, navigating the landscape. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think Tim Winton, to his credit, has done really well in that aspect in this novel. And um, yeah, being, you know, from Australia means that we're kind of familiar. Um, I'm not sure how it would have read to someone who is from a different country and is not familiar with that kind of landscape. I, I wonder if the imagery was strong enough from Tim Winton for them to be able to conjure up a likeness and kind of understand how, how you know, how stark it is and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, for my reading, I, I quite enjoyed the setting and the way that it was portrayed by, by Tim. Well, I'll push back there a bit, Josh, because, you know, whenever people think of Australia, they do think of sort of the landscape that um, Tim Winton describes in this book, the harsh outback, um, the bush, if you will. But of course, we don't live near that at all. We live uh, quite coastally. We live very much near the beach, uh, apparently akin to the settings in Tim Winton's other books. But I still, you know, even though I wasn't familiar with the kind of landscape he was talking about, I found it very, very engaging. I've said before, I'm a very sort of impatient reader. I don't like the author taking too long to give a lot of grand speeches about the, the, the either the nature of the physical world or the nature of the spiritual world. I, I, I just like everything to keep moving the plot forward. So I was a bit apprehensive that, you know, there was going to be all these sections um, where uh, Winton is, is, is reflecting on the nature of the of the landscape and about life and I because as I should clarify it, most of the story is just Jaxie by himself mm. so it could very very well d- delve into that uh, introspective sense of reflection but I wasn't bored at all during the whole um, the whole book I found it very very engaging throughout and I think considering it is mostly just one character in this desolate landscape I think that's an achievement um, on the topic of uh, Jaxie um, what did you make of him as a protagonist stephanie bit of a question mark i guess um his motivations are strange i think he's a very sort of sad character um i just reread the book review i wrote about this book in 2018 when i read it um and the way i kind of um described his relationship with his father was um his father's a butcher and um it seems like he treats his cuts of meat the same that he treats his son so essentially he you know bashes him up and isn't a great dad um and I think that uh you know obviously from that um Jaxie's mother is deceased um and he's just a very sad you know messed up kid um who doesn't seem to have anyone else in his life um and I think that's a really significant thing um because of the relationship he develops later in the book. Yes, and I think I think we should clarify there, or at least what I think, even though his situation is incredibly sad and you feel really sorry for him, the dominant force that drives him is 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 not sadness. It's more anger, I think. Anger and, you know, that that's sort of what motivates him. So you're absolutely right that is as a character, he is very, very sad, but that doesn't manifest itself in him in the way the the the, um the reader sees it it is he's a very very angry very defensive you know very very fierce character because of all these sad things that have happened to him and of course owing to his his upbringing we get a very sort of unique stream of consciousness 
kind of language. What did you think of the way, the very informal, very colloquial, very vernacular way that um, Tim Winton writes in this one, Josh? Yeah, I was going to bring this up before when you were talking about um, your concern that um, Winton might spend a lot of time reflecting about the nature and, and kind of having soliloquies in that kind of vein. And I think because of the choice of character in which to view the lens of this world that um, Tim Winton chose, that was never going to be um, a thing due to the fact that Jaxie doesn't have a huge set of words or vernacular to be able to kind of approach um, everything in that way. So, he's, he, you know, he's quite, he's kind of not very educated, you know, middle of high school type thing, very outback, ochre Australian, so much um, Australian slang, which was something that, similar to how I was saying before about the um, uh, the setting and people who don't live in the country, um, I wonder if that is a challenge for anyone who's reading the book outside of Australia because there's just so much... Um, uh, slang that just is not used anywhere else. I was initially in the first chapter a, a bit allergic to the um, kind of Jaxie's way of speaking, way of thinking. I believe you opened the first page, read it, and then closed it and said, I can't. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, coming from, you know, any other book to, to leap into s- to a tone of voice that's that strong is quite jarring. But I think once you get into it, the yeah, it kind of melts away and it just becomes Jaxi, which is a huge credit to Tim Winton's writing. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it was a really bold choice to to really lean into that. Um, and I think it made the story the better for it. And I think it um, it kind of matched with everything else that was going on. How did you feel about it? I completely agree. I think there's there's very much the risk that you're sort of struggling with every line you're like what what what's going on but it really does immerse you eventually and i think you know that's where the fact that it is just jacksy alone for most of it or for a large section of it really does play to its benefits you really do get immersed uh as i said not only in the landscape but also in this character and i think yeah i i I really i really did enjoy it i you know and it's sort of hard to imagine the same story being told in i guess um proper English, you know, after having, having read it. Um, what did you make, you know, I, I an element that I don't think was maybe central to it, but I really enjoyed was him trying to survive in this outback, you know, and the fact that it wasn't, as I said, just him saying, oh, woe is me, look at all the things that have happened in my life, oh, you know, even though he does have a lot of flashbacks that fill us in a lot of, you know, what has happened in his life, which is, which I think is done well. But I, I really enjoy, just from a, a um, an excitement standpoint, him working out, right, how much water he's got, how far he has to go, uh, what, you know, the food he's got, the things he decided to bring with him, how he's going to find a meal to enjoy. Uh, something you enjoyed as well, Steph? Uh, there's just this like one particular bit that has just stayed in my mind and it's because he's run out of water. He, he's surviving off very s- little rations. Anyway, and he talks about the colour of his urine and it's like brown and that's just it's so gross. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I agree. I think that um, survivalist aspect um, really helps drive the novel. I think it's done really well. Um, I mean, Tim Winton made a convenience choice in the sense of you know, Jackson and his father are both butchers, so you know that allows him to be able to justify 
how and and that they used to you know hunt and they've there's this little like throwaway semi plot line where um Jaxie's father's like kind of doing black market butchering stuff where he's going out and and you know killing random animals and pil- brumbies yeah um you know so that that allows Tim to be able to play this survivalist stuff to a bit of a realistic degree and it gives it some plausibility um if it was just you know some some schmucko who didn't have any of those necessary skills, it'd be a bit hard to believe that he'd be able to survive by himself out in the bush. Whereas I think this way we know he's got some base skills and it's also not such that he's, you know, like a Bear grills and is like doing everything super successfully. Um, you know, there's a few close calls and stuff, but I think, yeah, it's done pretty well and it keeps it interesting. Yeah, completely agree. That's a really good point I missed on you know, the fact that he does have these basic skills. And like you said, it's not that he's this... Um, this superhuman survival machine, um, you you get a sense of his struggle, and every sort of thing he has to do is presented as a struggle, and which makes it more satisfying for the reader, I think, when he manages to come through that. Um, similar to, I don't know if you ever read the, it's a it's an American middle school classic. Um, have either of you read Hatchet by Gary Paulson? It's actually, yeah, it's like it's it's sort of like. Every apparently Ameri- every American kid reads it about this this kid who gets stranded in the Canadian wilderness with just a hatchet and just how he survives and you know it's it's great to read at, at any age just um, that survival element of it so um, he doesn't swear quite as much as um, as uh, Jaxie does um, yes and Stephanie I I remember what he says about his urine I remember that exactly exactly like it's it's weird maybe because we're we're all quite um well quite proper people here you know it's stuff like that but like. I think he says, like, my piss came out brown and... No, dark and stinky, I think he says. And then he's like, another stage, he's like, uh, in a, like, in a f- few days, I'll be, like, shitting gravel. <laughs> like, like just things like that that stick with you because he is such a, um, I guess you could say a, uh, let's say, down-to-earth character. But um, his sort of... His adventure, I guess, takes a turn when we're introduced to one of the one of the few other characters in the story when he uh, comes across uh, Finton, um, who is, besides pretty much Jaxie and briefly his dad, the only other character in the story. Did you enjoy this character, Finton? Steph, did you find him annoying? And did you enjoy his relationship with Jaxie and how it develops? Yeah, from what I remember, he was just this super quirky, like, just random guy. Um, who went on some long, very whimsical rants at times, um, which were quite insightful and quite beautiful. But, um, yeah, I think he is obviously one of the main characters in in the book and um, really wouldn't have been the same without him, old Fenton. Yeah, I agree. I think think he's an interesting character. He he comes in, I guess, about halfway and, and... gives a bit of um, extra pizzazz to the novel. Um, I found his character really fascinating. I really enjoyed the um, uh, kind of Finton's background um, side story and how that unfolds and the um, the suspicion on both sides, uh, both from Jaxie and from Finton of each other and how they kind of work to get past that um, as as Jaxie gets kind of roped into staying with Finton for a while, yeah, I, I think I think all that part part of the novel was really fascinating, um, and it was interesting to see how their relationship developed and 
you know, how they had a little, got their routines going and, and was, you know, effectively living off the land, more or less. Yeah, what, what, did, what were your thoughts of Finton, Alex? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, just from a literary standpoint, great um, contrast to have on one hand this highly uneducated, very rough, very practical person living with this very whimsical, very quirky, very educated, um, you know, polar opposites, essentially, and yet they find themselves in the same situation. Um one has, you know, chosen exile. Jaxie has chosen to exile himself, um, whereas um, Finton has been, I guess, forced into exile. And you're right, there is this mystery, and I really found myself curious. And it's never... You don't get all the answers, I'll say. It's never... There's never a sort of a big moment where they both lay their cards on the table, but you do get these sort of... These hints about their... Rela- not their relationship, their um, their their respective past and it's you know a lot of mystery about it and I really did enjoy that um I don't know if I don't know how I feel about I guess you'd call it the climax of the novel I, I found it possibly and I don't know if this is necessarily a bad thing but I found it somewhat unrelated to the events preceding it almost a little bit this this um this high point of tension may sort of come sort of out of nowhere. What did you think about the uh, the climax to the novel, Josh? Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, an interesting comment to make. The pacing um, of the novel is kind of in two segments. We, you kind of get, you know, 80, 85% through the novel in, on one pacing and then this last kind of final yeah, climax type scene just steps up three or four gears um, and really accelerates towards the end of the book. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. I think some of the the concern from Jaxi and the way that that uh, final chap uh, few chapters played out were did feel a little bit fabricated in comparison to the realism of Jaxie surviving in the uh, in the outback, all that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I think the novel had to end somehow, and, and in some respects, I think, you know, this was a bit of an interesting way to go. Um, you know, it, it keeps you hooked. It wasn't it wasn't just that Jaxie moves on and, and continues on his way and, and we kind of finish there. Um, but it did pull in a couple of questions, um because throughout the whole novel, there's this undertone of, of Jaxi being hard, um, but not a murderer, um, and you know he he would never bash someone else, type thing similar to how his dad bashes him, um, and then that kind of pretty quickly gets put by the wayside, um, which you know I think there there was potentially better ways to go about it. Again, I. Th- maybe there needed to be more pages in order to do that um but overall i i didn't i didn't hate the way it ended i didn't hate the way it played out but i do agree that the pacing was a bit strange it kind of falls out of nowhere really accelerates and then you and then you're finished i think um it was really quite shocking uh that climactic sort of scene um just to kind of paint the picture for you um these drug lord baddie guys um come and basically string Finton up um, and stab him all over. And it's uh, just like, again, like this very visual, like just kind of grossness. But it kind of um, echoes again, like like butchery, essentially, like stringing up a, 
leg of ham and just kind of going at it with a knife. Um, it's just kind of really horrific. But yeah, I think that it really, Jaxie's reaction to that really signifies quite some quite significant character development um, from where he begins at the start of the book. What are your thoughts, Alex, on this craziness? Well, I think you guys summed it up quite well. Um, yeah, it's especially in terms of, of pacing. And you, you know, I, hadn't, I hadn't sort of reflected on that, Josh, this um, this violent element within Jaxie that is is sort of present, the fact that, you know, as you said, he's he's not naturally a violent person like his father is. Um, he's definitely capable of violence, but only but only if it's sort of you know put upon him. He's not a he's not a he's not a, a vicious person or a nasty person. Um, and you're right, that sort of isn't dwelled upon, despite the um, the violence of the climax, which is possibly an oversight. Um, but uh, but I also agree with you. You can't just you can't just have him w- continuing his journey and that's it. You need you, every book needs a climax. I think I would be pretty disappointed. I've got to the end. I'd be like. What I'd be like, what the hell was that? Like, like, so what happened? Like, like, um. So I, I do understand the need, but um, yeah, definitely. Sort of the, the the pacing did put me off a bit. Um, give us a out of five. How many stars are you going to give this on Goodreads, Josh? Look, this one surprised me. If I'm honest, um, as as Steph said before, when I when I first opened the book and read the first um page or so, I kind of immediately was put off and classed it um you know, as a certain type of book. Um, but after um, persisting with it, I really came to enjoy the tale. Um, I think it really took took me along. Um, and I think it was a really well-written novel. Um, so I think I would give it... I think I would give it four stars, but for... Yeah, we'll get your star rating in a minute, Ivor. I think I would give it. I think I would give it four stars, but um, pacing and um, the fact that it never rains, but somehow they always have water, um, <laughs> drops it drops it down to three stars for me. But a quite enjoyable read and one that I would recommend if you wanted to delve into the um, Australian literature. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I think uh, I think I would second that. I would give it three stars. I would give it. A, you know, it's a high three, but it's still a three. Um, by which I mean, it's a it's a good book, and um, I'm glad I read it. But I'm not sure I'd necessarily go back and read it again. Um, but in terms of what it presents, nothing that really took away from my enjoyment of it. So uh, three out of five stars, and uh, yeah, uh, pretty good book if you're into uh, Australiana or want something a bit different, want something um, that's uh, that's not your usual. Not your usual sort of book. I'd uh, I'd go with uh, Tim Winton's The Shepherd's Hut. Do you remember what score you gave it? Or I don't know how you rank things on your book. We usually go out of five. Uh, what would you give it out of five, Stephanie? I'm probably a, a four like Josh, I think. The writing is exceptional and just the the pacing and the and the characters are really well developed. It's a it's a four for me, but like you said, I, I probably wouldn't go back and read it again. And and my first um yeah, reaction to it was, oh, like the, the language is just so intense. But I think once you get into it, it's, it's a really good read. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this experimental uh, extended Good Book Family edition. We're not sure if Good Book Baby is going to be returning for the next episode. He didn't have that much, that much uh, constructive to offer. 
Um, but um, before we go on with uh, what we'll be reading next time, Josh, what are you reading at the moment? Uh, this <laughs> I was kind of dreading this question. Um, I, I'm reading uh, Marcel Proust's uh, A Swan's Way, which is volume one of five or six or seven. Would you say the language is quite similar to how Jaxie speaks? <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, I think, yeah, Proust was definitely paving the way of that kind of on-the-ground um, uh, French uh, peasant uh, back in the day that I think Tim Winton really has been drawing upon. Um, it's really... That's why, I'm, that's why I picked it up. <laughs> um, but no, yes, uh, quite enjoying it so far. I'm only 50 pages in or so. It's very, very different um, to what we've been reading uh, on the podcast here. But what are you reading at the moment, Alex? Oh, what aren't I reading? Well, a few things, actually. There's quite a few books out there. Um, I'm co- so, um, in terms of my graphic novels, going through Hellboy for the first time, which I'm really, really enjoying, um, Mike Magnolia's Hellboy saga. Um, I'm also reading, uh, rereading Bertolt Brecht's Thrupini Opera, um, which I always have enjoyed. Um, also, going through my usual blend of non-fiction, looking at a lot of texts on economics and history, because I'm... Um, you know, quite the intellectual, as I'm sure you've gathered from this podcast. Um, and, oh, of course, oh, yes, um, uh, time for a bit of a plug, but I am still doing my uh, Radio Tintin podcast. I'll direct my speaking to you now, Steph, because Josh, Josh has left the room with the baby. Uh, I am still doing my Radio Tintin podcast. If you're into the Tintin books, I highly recommend you follow me on uh, at tintin.podcast on Instagram and I'm going to be starting up with the second batch of reviews starting with uh, Tintin and the Broken Ear. What are you reading at the moment, Steph? Well, funnily enough, I went on a book hunt last night because I'd just finished reading... What did I just read, Josh? Oh, The Godmother's... Uh, <laughs> book that Josh bought me for Christmas. It's chiclet. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so I just finished that. I went on a book hunt. I wanted to read A Catcher in a Riot. The Catcher in the Rye, which I swear we had, but I couldn't find it. Anyway, I just ended up last night cracking into The Impossible Fortress, which you guys reviewed. Um, So I'm just a couple of chapters into that at the moment. Um, My website is www.gotthiscopy.com.au and I would like some copywriting work. Thank you. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, I'm thrilled to let you know, uh, Josh, but also Steph, if you if you if you'd like to join us for for next week's episode, I say next week. Well, it's a very ambitious uh, timing schedule, uh, but certainly Josh and I will be reading the seminal graphic novel Watchmen for our our first sort of foray into the graphic novel format for Good Book Boys. Um, really wanted to read it again and I thought why not have a discussion about it on the podcast um yeah so um you can look forward to that Josh we can find you on hot cup of jazz on Instagram uh, for some jazz recommendations um but until next time this is good book boy number one and good book boy number 25 Josh that was good book baby there and good Saying, if it ain't a good book, put it back on the shelf.
Testing. Testing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 